Hello and welcome to Downs Your Way. I'm Colin Speller, this is episode 11, and we return to the theme of Tracks for Self-Isolation, in which one of the band, Steve Burkett in this case, chooses 10 music tracks, a book, and a luxury item that he would want to have with him for a period of solitary confinement. Under the shadow of further movement and contact restrictions relating to the control of the coronavirus outbreak, I travelled across to speak to Steve in his studio. So here I am with Steve once again in his studio. We've got a proper setup today, two microphones. Luxury. Proper, luxury, proper recording equipment. There's there's things rushing across the screen in front of me. IMAX and yeah, all things going on. Yeah, little little sliders going up and down. This Burglars, you didn't hear that? No, no, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no we're not saying where, where he lives at all. So as I said in the general introduction, this is uh, the latest collection of uh, songs for self-isolation, as we call it. Uh, that's all become very much more serious since we were giggling about it in the previous episode with Rebecca. Um, but nevertheless, the principle is the same. I'm going to talk through with Steve those songs which he'd want to have with him if he was uh, uh, trapped in his bedroom for two months or whatever it's going to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or uh, or on a on a. a, a stranded on a desert island or, or whatever we are in our own little desert islands aren't we now well, possibly pot- <laughs> just need some sand and a palm tree yes it's just uh, yeah and and a passing wrecked ship to drop toilet rolls every so often <laughs> <laughs> anyway so steve thank you for joining me um pleasure l- let's kick off with song number one which- okay song number one um is the beach boys and there's several reasons for this um Beach Boys were the first band, proper band, that I got to see um, way, way back. They were doing the tour when um, Brian Wilson, genius that he is, was left behind in uh, California writing these, the Smiley uh, album that never got produced, quietly going mad and doing his brain in with acid, while the rest of them toured, and I, I saw the tour. Uh, so, yeah, first band I ever saw. First album I ever owned was The Beach Boys' Greatest Hits. Um, I think this track was on The Beach Boys' Greatest Hits. So I've got a sort of long-standing admiration and love for The Beach Boys. And Brian Wilson, just unbelievable. They're at 21, he goes in with a score for, well, this is going to be God only knows, and uh, presents this score to these seasoned session musicians and they're going, hang on, that orchestration won't work. And he's going, trust me, it'll work. And they pull it off and it becomes, I mean, some absolute classics that he wrote, as we all know. But God Only Knows to Me is like one of the greatest songs ever written. Um, it's also my wife and I's um, our song, if you like. So um, there are plenty of good reasons for it. And also a lot of these choices are songs that I can sing along to. So there's a bit at the end of it where it goes into a three-part counterpoint. Um, so I'll be trying on my desert island to sing three parts all on my own, which would be interesting. And when you think you've succeeded, I can absolutely guarantee that you will be mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I like the idea of uh, a song with the title of God Only Knows as yeah. being your song. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't dwell any further on, yeah, the, on, on that one. Okay. See you anyway. 
Okay, so we're on to song number two now. So what what is this? Uh, song number two is another absolute hero of mine, Todd Rundgren. And story behind this one is that it was an album that I heard when I was at university. So we're going back a bit. And I could hear this, this album being played downstairs. And the, the guy downstairs, I found out, had just bought this great big huge Bang & Olufsen-type stereo system and he'd got this vinyl on on it and I could hear this 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 these songs and this noise coming out and thinking well bloody hell that's amazing so I thought eventually one night I thought I'll just go down and knock on his door so I knock on his door he turns up sort of in his pants expecting me to be complaining about all the row going on and I burst in going what is that album I want to know what that album it's just amazing (laughs) so he, he produces a wizard of true star and uh, this is, well, it's not the title track, but it's the, the final track on uh, Wizard of True Star, which is called Just One Victory, which is a sort of hope song. And um, Todd Rundgren, bless him, plays everything on it, sings everything on it, it just sickeningly, but a, a, a total hero. And uh, the other thing about it is that um, Danny, how's your father? Who's the bloke who used to be on the, the, the radio? Danny uh, Cockney bloke. Baker. Danny Baker, he did a programme on people's favourite albums and Wizard of True Star was his favourite album. So he produces it and I'm going, yeah, go Danny, you, you old cockney, what, what not. Um, yeah, yes, so Millwall support you. Absolutely. So anyway, Just One Victory, Todd Rundgren, classic. And is and there's, uh, is there any other context to that in terms of it, other other than when you first discovered it? And it, there's no particular poignancy, personal poignancy. No, just raced out and bought the album, and I've got the CD and uh, just everything about it. And it's still, it's all of these songs are songs that I can still play and go, oh yeah, this, this is you know I can just live with that forever. I I think that's the point Rebecca made, isn't it? That if you're going to have to live with these and, and nothing but these for a considerable length of time, they've got to be in that category, haven't they? Yeah, really. Yeah, okay. yeah, and sing along. And so you know, I'd be at the end of this going somehow, someday, all on my own like some lunatic. <laughs> Which is fair enough, really. Well, yeah, absolutely. Says it all. Goodbye. Okay, so number three. Simon and Garfunkel. Well, actually, Paul Simon, to be honest. Um, this is where I've got a confession to make because I looked through this list and there are no women on my list. So we should be an equal ops thing, and what, but I, I don't know what's happened. But somewhere along the line, there are no women. But this sort of category was the sort of singer-songwriter thing. So it could equally have been Joni Mitchell, it could have been Carly Simon, it could have been Carol King, you know, but it just happens to be Paul Simon. Um, and I love a song that's got a back story to it. So The Only Living Boy in New York is Paul Simon's song to Art Garfunkel. And it's when Art Garfunkel went down to Mexico to film, I think it was, was it Catch-22 he did? Yeah, it was, it was Catch-22. Um and it's his sort of farewell song to Art Garfunkel. It, it's, it's almost a love song to him. And you've got the references of Tom, because they originally were called Tom and Jerry. Tom, mm. get your plane right on time, etc. Mm. But apart from that, it's just got the most wonderful choral arrangement going on in the background. And it's just, it's one of those songs that just tugs at your heartstrings for some reason. Uh, and it, it's Paul Simon. I love his phrasing, his writing is just 
amazing. So, yeah, here we go. Simon and Garfunkel, The Only Living Boy in New York. And which album's that from? Uh, it's off the Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah. One. Um, an amazing, amazing album. Yes, one of my early day purchases, I have to say, and uh, one that I still listen to. Might just make my list, but I'm not sure at the moment. Yeah, it, 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 it could pick anyone out. You could flick a coin and pick yeah. anyone and they'd be genius. Yeah, they are. It's absolutely superb music. And I, I, I followed the sort of evolution of Paul Simon in particular. And uh, I, uh, yeah, Graceland was a great album. Mm. And, uh, you know, I love I loved the lyrics, the complexity of them. Not, yeah, yeah. Not the sort of thing you want to be handed when you're... When you're asked to do karaoke. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, yep, Only Living Boy in New York, Simon and Garfunkel. I feel with every part of- okay, so now we come to number four. Number four is from the band that I think may well be the most underrated band in the history of music, uh, although people who are big fans of them would disagree anyway, but it's Massive Attack. Um, I've seen Massive Attack three times now, a couple of times at festivals. Um, and we, we had the pleasure of seeing them a year ago. We went over to Amsterdam and they did um, a, a, re, I don't know, a revisit of their uh, mezzanine album. Visually, sonically, it was just absolutely stunning. And Massive Attack have a huge influence on so many bands, along with Portishead, who came from the same sort of Bristol um, uh, collective, if you like. Um, And they've had a pretty huge influence on me, although you probably wouldn't guess it from the sort of music that I write with Rebecca or even write just just for myself. Um, But atmospherically, they are just unbelievable. And obviously, you'll get something like Teardrop will turn up on so many bits of TV stuff. It's probably the, the the song that if you didn't know it, you'd you'd go, oh, it's that. You know, you know, when you've, you've got like a spy drama and you hear this going on in the background, you know, those little phrases that they have. And it's just got that feeling of, oh, I don't know what it is. The other thing about it is the actual melody to this is almost a folk tune, the, the, the teardrop, teardrop melody. Mm. across what is uh, sort of cheaply referred to as trip-hop. But I think that's that's selling it a bit short. But Massive Attack, amazing band and a great song, Teardrop. Yeah, just to remind uh, our listener that uh, there is a Spotify playlist that Rebecca has put together on her profile on Spotify where you can find these tunes in the order that we're discussing them. So uh, if you uh, want to actually hear them, uh, that that's the place to get them or to at least get the list if you want to go off and listen to them on some other medium. Okay, we come to number five. Uh, right, yeah. I had to get a piece of classical music in here somewhere. Um, and not to be pretentious. I just, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, always oh, got some classical music. Oh, look at him. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I was having a hunt through the, our albums up in the loft the other day and I, I, I realised that about... A third of my albums are actually classical albums because I was, I was really switched on to classical music when I was a teenager. And having taught for a long time, um, 
taking kids to see classical music and playing them classical music and getting them sort of into bits of classical music in some shape or form was part of my remit. And uh, I, I say classical music, if you want to look at it in actual uh, eras, the, the, the bits that really interest me are Baroque music, which is what, which this is, this is Vivaldi, and sort of more modern 20th century music, things like um, Stravinsky. The, the actual classical bit and romantic bit in the middle, the, the Mozart and the, um, and the Tchaikovsky, don't do that much for me, I've got to say. But those two ends of the spectrum do. Um, Four Seasons, well, it's a classic anyway. I, I don't particularly like the Nigel Kennedy version, not just because he's a Villa fan. That's got nothing to do with it. But I, <laughs> I just think he overcooks it. Um, but obviously you've got the, the four different parts to choose from the the bit i've chosen is um the summer third movement from summer which is the real up tempo this is like heavy metal baroque music to me on violins um and it, it's it's just something that i seem to have lived with forever and i could listen to it each time and away you go it's wonderful yes i'm not quite sure how that's going to uh uh, find its way onto the Spotify playlist. That's a challenge for Oh, oh it is on Spotify, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I suspect you uh, picking it out might be. I don't know how they break it up. No, they it? have. It, you, you've got the, the summer and you've got the third month. Oh, okay. Excellent. It's the bit that goes... Etc. It's my karaoke version. No, it's an a cappella version. A cappella version. Okay, brilliant. I'm feeling things I could. So number six. Yeah, Beatles. Well, you're going to have Beatles in, haven't you? Um, well, I have, uh, in that they're the most influential band for me from the early age. You know, the first band that I really sort of got into and followed. Um, not the first artists that I got into and followed. Um, first artists I got into and followed were Little Richard and Chuck Berry. So a cousin of mine gave me a couple of their albums. But anyway... Um, so it, it, you then got the problem, which Beatles song do you choose? And, and that's just ridiculous. So I've chosen You Never Give Me Your Money, which might people think, well, why on earth has he chosen that one? Sort of obscure track off Abbey Road. Um, well, it, it may sort of be obscure, but it isn't. Because one of our party things when um, Abbey Road came out, and, and forever really, is to basically stick the second side on and sing the entire second side of Abbey Road. Uh, because it runs like a complete sequence. It doesn't stop. All, all the songs just sort of drift in from one into another, uh, as does You Never Give Me Your Money. And You Never Give Me Your Money is, it's almost like a little album in itself. It's got all these little sections that drift from one thing into another. It's unashamedly Paul McCartney, um, which is a bit of a shame, really, but uh, you know, you'd, you'd like to have a bit more of a balance, I think. But... Um, it's just a great song to sing, and it's just got that the, the lovely piano start, which is one of the few Beatles piano starts that I can actually play, so that's uh, that's another one. Although I won't have a piano on my desert island to play it with, but still. No doubt you can find some suitably um, tuned shells to light <laughs> up on <laughs> and yeah. a couple of bits of wood. You might yeah, be able to yeah, create yeah. The, the necessary sound. Number seven. Number seven, Stevie Wonder. Um, I had to have a, a, a vocalist 
in this. And I think I, I consider Stevie Wonder the, in terms of rock and pop, or soul, whatever category you think he is, because he sort of defies genres in a way. Um, I think he's got the best voice in rock and pop. He's, he's just an amazing vocalist, has an incredible range, um, has just a, a dynamic and a sense of feel that you, you would die for. And of course, he's this again, he's one of these multi-instrumentalists. You know, I've, I've first, well, like everybody first knew him, if, you, if you're old enough to remember when he first started, as this blind kid who played the harmonica and sung a bit. And then when Talking Book turned up, um, I don't know whether that was the first album where he'd started branching out, but that was the first album that I heard where he started branching out. And it was suddenly there were all sorts of elements going on. There was some electronic stuff in there. There were blatant soul songs. There were funk songs. Superstition was on there. And uh, the, there's one of the the greatest, to me, one of the greatest um, love songs um, ever created, which is You and I, um, where he just builds up to this amazing crescendo. He's just him and a piano and a couple of synth things going on. And uh, you're going to hear a vocal sung incredibly well. This, to me, is the one, and he's the man. Never saw him, unfortunately. Perhaps I can. I don't know. Well, yes, you never know. So when we come to number eight, I was looking down your, your typed list and my eye sort of glanced over this. I didn't read it properly. And I thought yeah. for one moment it was a sort of local West Midlands dialect song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? <laughs> but it isn't. So you, you tell us what it no, really is. No, it's, oh, yeah, come over, which could read as, oh, yeah, come over, come over. Absolutely. Yes. You know, I never thought about that. <laughs> Perhaps they wrote it in the West Midlands. Well, they know? may have done. Yeah. Anyway, it's it speaks for itself. It's Santana. And I think if you're stuck on a desert island disc, uh, on a desert island, you need something to make you happy and have a little dance around, and a little sing and a little, you know, smack a few shells together with the percussion <laughs> section, and away you go. Santana, amazing band. Um, Santana's a guitarist who has mixed receptions. I love him. A lot of people hate him, but you know, whatever. But the band is just amazing. We saw them last year in Hyde Park. Second time I'd seen them. First time was about 30 years back. And they were just ripping it up as good as ever. Absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, great music. Make you happy. Dance around. Smack something to it. Oh, yo. Come over. <laughs> Come over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It's just my it's the way, you, way your mind works, That's doesn't it? We don't read something properly. Number nine. Um, <clears throat> this has a particular context for me, this one, but I'll let you tell us about it first. Yeah, it's Talk Talk. Um, I was lucky enough to see Talk Talk um, back in the 80s. One of the finest gigs I've ever seen in terms of actual sound. I don't know how many there were on stage, millions of them. They couldn't have made any money out of it. Um, but, of course, Mark Hollis died recently, and it was a chance for me to go back and visit their back catalogue. Um, and the, if I had to name a favourite band, it would be probably have to be Talk Talk, which, is, which might be a bit weird. But in a way, they're not one band. Because if you follow where they came from and where they ended up, they started off as like some sort of electronic, slightly Durani 80s, archetypal 80s type band. Gradually started evolving into something more symphonic. 
And then eventually, Mark Ullis and Tim Fry Green, who were sort of leading the, 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 the music side of it, became almost this ambient, uh, I don't know how you would describe it, acoustic, ambient acoustic band. And their, their final albums were recorded in the dark with just tiny little noises going off, off all sorts of weird little bits of instruments. And you couldn't have a more exact opposite to where they'd started. So you, the, the history of Talk Talk is like a complete history of different genres, if you like. An amazing man. Mark Hull is complete and utter genius. Um, vocally, he's not everybody's uh, cup of tea because you can't hear what he's singing. So I'd be trying to sing along to this and Lord knows what I'd be coming out with. <laughs> but it's a song called Living in Another World. Um, and again, it's, it's a, a complex song, but it's... Its arrangement is just incredible, and it features an instrument that I've never worked out what it is. It's a keyboard, but it sounds like a guitar. Um, it's not just a sampled guitar because they can get it to feed back and they can get it to play sort of power chords and lead bits. But I don't know what it's called. So if any talk talk enthusiasts who can tell me what that is, just get in touch, and I'd be more than grateful to know. But anyway, living in another world, talk talk. Yeah, this question of context of music. I uh, bought a Talk Talk Greatest Hits album, um, which sat in my car at a time when I was travelling 33 miles each way to work um, in from sort of spring 1991 onwards. Yeah. And whenever I hear Living in Another World, and it still crops up fairly frequently when my iPhone plays randomly uh, when it's connected to the, to the van... Um, it takes me back to, yeah, like, yeah. to to that period in my life when I was I'd just uh, been put in charge of a research farm in the wilds of the Cambridgeshire Fens, and um, I had to travel a fair distance each way. It wasn't a bad journey; it was only about forty-five minutes. But listened to a lot of music in that time, and this one featured the Talk Talk Greatest Hits album featured pretty frequently on that uh, uh, that rotation. So uh, yeah, yeah, it just just take, transports me straight back to that period of time. Highly recommended. Talk Talk's greatest hits. Yeah. Okay, so we come to the last one, number ten. Yeah. Well, I know what you're saying. You said this guy who plays guitar in a rock and blues band, and there's not a guitarist in this list. What's he playing at? So. This is the, the the final guitarist type track, and I'd you, oh, you, you've got a toss up, haven't you? Where do you go? Do you go sort of Hendrix? Do you go Clapton? Well, I don't go Clapton because I'm not a massive fan. Mm, can I say that? I just did. Um, do you go John Mayer and go something a little bit more modern? I don't know. Do you go Stevie Ray Vaughan? Definitely Stevie Ray Vaughan. But actually, I've gone for something a little bit different. I've gone for Johnny Winter. Um, who, again, his whole catalogue isn't exactly my cup of tea. But when I first heard this song, it was actually off a Sampler album. Remember Sampler mm -hmm. albums? Yeah, I mean, they, they still sort of exist in a way. But going back in time, things like Nice Enough to Eat and Fill Your Head with Rock and Rock Machine Turns You On, which were like the RCA American Sampler albums that, that turned up. These were a big deal because... Uh, unless you were listening to the radio all the time, um, you probably didn't get a chance to hear some of these artists. So the first time I heard Johnny Winter was off um, the album Fill Your Head With Rock, and it was taken from the second winter. It was his second album. And there's this track called I Love Everybody, and it's got um, him playing slide guitar. Um, 
And it was the first time I'd really listened to somebody playing proper electric slide guitar. And it is an absolute masterpiece of slide guitar playing. I've only just discovered it's in an open A tuning. So if you fancy playing it, go tune your guitar to open A. Um, but his voice is amazing on it. It's, it's a filthy song, um, lyrically. Um, and it's just, it is electric blues done to its absolute top. I love everybody. Johnny Winter, fantastic. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the music. Now, <coughs> the uh, the program on which this uh, podcast is loosely based <laughs> uh, gives people the option of taking a, a book and a luxury item. So let's start with the book. What would your book be? Right, I'm going to... Uh, this is a slight cheat, I think, although it isn't. Um, I spend a lot of time watching films. My, my wife is a, um, a, a film graduate, so... We spend a lot of time watching films, and one of my favourite films is With Nail and I. And every year we go along to the electric cinema and we have a With Nail and I day, and everybody dresses up as various characters from the With Nail, With Nail and I, and we, it all gets very nerdy, but it is, it's one of those films I can watch over and over again, but I wouldn't be able to watch it on a desert island. So I'm going to take the screenplay, which is equally hilarious, brilliantly written by Bruce Robinson, and it's got all the classic lines, um, which I shan't repeat because most of them have got sort of swear words in and what have you. But it is, you read it and it's like watching the film with a few extra bits in as well. So with Nail and I screenplay, Bruce Robinson. Yeah, there's a great Twitter feed that I follow that gives you a with Nail and I quote a day, which oh, yeah. is always worth a read. Yes. My boys, my boys. <laughs> particularly in these difficult times. Yeah. I mean, the funniest thing for, the, to me from with Nail and I, well, not the funniest thing, one of the funniest things was when he goes into that pub and orders it, what is it, it it's two gins, two yes. pints of cider, ice in the cider, ice in the cider. which was a big joke at the time. And then N years later, it's gone out of fashion a bit now, but at one point, probably about 10 years ago, everybody, in in particularly in London, was drinking Bulmer's cider yes. with, over ice. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, truth being stranger than fiction, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's look at the luxury item. Oh, well, what what could this possibly be? Um, a manicure set? No, I don't think so. Um, something to... Uh, no, it's a guitar. <laughs> it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, guitar. That's my luxury item. Um, and I don't need to say any more. Possibly take a slide with me, or I might be able to construct a slide out of something. I don't know, whittle one out of a, <laughs> a, a stone, or I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, a guitar for sure. And a, and presumably several boxes of strings. Uh, well, that is the one thing that I was wondering about. I was wondering if I could press it to a twelve-string guitar. And then at least if I bust a few, I've got a few in spare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if you if sure if you could take a guitar, it would be in a case, and you could stuff it full of strings and keep you going for a little yeah, while at least. Definitely but. think. Ahead. Have to have to pluck it gently so that you, you keep make the strings last. Yeah. You've added something here on the list which is interesting because you've put uh, another item which I think is worth a quick chat about. So you've, you've suggested a religious text. A religious text, yeah. Well, I mean, on, on the um, 
on the original Desert Island disc, I think you're allowed to take the Bible or oh, yeah, yeah. An, an equivalent religious text. So um, being a bit of an anarchist like I am, a mad fool, uh, my religious text is going to be The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. <laughs> I mean, be offended if you're deeply religious, but uh, it is a fascinating read and very humorously written. And he, he actually sort of dissects religion in all forms um in a really informative and entertaining way is the only way i can put it and i could read this over and over again and have done it always amuses me yes i'd forgotten that uh, particular aspect but that's uh, that's an interesting dimension to to add in there so an interesting collection of songs a, a screenplay that would keep you giggling when you're not twanging away on your guitar uh, Steve, that's been absolutely brilliant. Thank, Thank you very, very much, very much uh, indeed. And, it's uh, been fun. I hope I, people enjoyed listening to the tunes. Yes, I hope so too. And as ever, please, if you've got some feedback on this, write in, email us, message us. Uh, we'd be absolutely delighted to hear from you. Uh, but Steve, thank you very much for participating. Cheers. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening to Downs Your Way. As usual, there is a merchandise discount code for this episode, and if you enter the word STEVE, that's all in capitals, S-T-E-V-E, at the appropriate point on the checkout at the shop at rebeccadowns.com, you will receive a 10% discount on all items purchased. We hope to have another episode up in about two weeks' time. In the meantime, for Rebecca and everyone involved with our music enterprise, we offer our thoughts and best wishes at what is a difficult time for everybody. Look after yourselves, stay safe, and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Goodbye.